Are you looking for a career in show business where you can make tens of ones of dollars? Make all the guys in your medieval reenactment club jealous when they find out you're enrolled in the Oklahoma College of Clownery and Ribbon Dancing. Whether you're interested in traditional, progressive, funny, sad, or creepy clownery, we have the most extensive lineup of classes in all of western Oklahoma. Whether you want to specialize in buffoonery, hijinks, monkey shines, skylarking, or scaring small children, we are the school for you. And also new this semester is Ribbon Dancing, led by Bjorn Yesterday, a two-time fifth alternate to the Swedish Olympic Ribbon Dancing team. Also named one of the top 13 ribbon dancers in America by the Tulsa Thrifty Nickel. Bjorn will help you perfect your sachet, whimsy, and frolicking until you become one with the ribbon. Unlock your potential at Oklahoma College of Clownery and Ribbon Dancing, where our motto is, what, you think you're better than me? Hey, Ronnie. Hey, I want to. I want to take this episode and talk about a, a certain idea here. Okay. When I started out in my career, and of course my first career in the corporate side of life, I had. I think my dad or others said this phrase to me all the time, and I didn't quite understand it. I'm only, I think, now starting to fully understand it after Four seventy score years. And seven years. Ago. Yes. <laughs> Don't ever take a job where you have responsibility. And no authority. Hmm. And yet here you are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <I didn't. laughs> All right. The, does that, does that question make sense? <laughs> <laughs> here I am. Thank you, Ronnie. I, I appreciate that. Totally. <laughs> which, are you, which are you debating yeah. that I have here, authority or responsibility? Yes. <laughs> Does that have you ever heard that question or that statement before? I never have actually. Never heard that. Okay. Well, the the idea is it was told to me as a young guy was that uh, if you are, let's say you're going to be the store manager, and so you have the the responsibility of making sure everything in the store happens appropriately. Yet the owner does not give you the authority to yeah. manage the employees of the store. So he's always coming in and undermining everything. Yes. So don't take that job. Because no one's listening to you. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No one's going to So uh, that kind of makes sense. Okay. Don't yeah. take a job with responsibility without authority. But now have been doing this for a while. It's now kind of spun into a kind of different sphere for me. Yeah. And that is, I actually believe the exact opposite now. Oh, really? I, I really do. I actually believe that having authority and not having power yeah. is actually a good thing. Hmm. And it, let me let me say it differently. Okay. And I don't know. And forgive me, global domination audience, if I'm not communicating this well. They're very forgiving. But the idea here is that if you have to use the power that you have to accomplish things with your team. Positional power is okay. what I'm really talking okay. about. Positional power. Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, I'm not talking about spiritual power. Yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about abuse or any of those things, which is where it all leads to. Yeah. Power always corrupts. corrupts, right? Yeah. And so we have to be very careful. We're not talking about abusing power, but there are two, yeah. it's, it's really two sides of one coin. You have, you have positional power, but then you have influence. 
And I think the most adept leaders, the best leaders, rarely ever, ever exercise their power. Yeah. They lead through influence. Hmm. But there's problems with that. So I want to talk about the difference between leading with power and leading with influence and when to do that. I will just start off with a lead well concept that you know uh, very well, that the amount of power that you use is inversely proportionate to the amount of influence that you will have in someone's life. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because my father always told me, never take a job where you don't make a lot of money. Yet, yet here I am. Yet here you are. <laughs> yeah. But so think about that as a parent, connected. right? Yeah. Uh, compare and contrast, Ronnie, okay. leading your three kids mm. when they were 10. Yes. And leading them now as full-grown adults. Yeah. So which are you using more or less? Yeah, right. So uh, you have that authority as a parent. You, you know, the statement, you're, you live, as long as you live under my roof, you'll do what I say. I brought you into yeah, the world I and can I can take, take you out. out just as easily. Uh, so that's, and that's, again, hopefully not abused power, but understood that way and necessary because young, learning, trying to grow, you're trying to develop them into uh, contributing adults at some point to leave the house. Uh, now, as grown children out of the house, yeah, it's a whole different concept because there's that mutual understanding of being an adult, being a grown adult with life experience and different things. So still having that influence, but it's more of a, almost equal. I mean, they, you know, some degree influence me as well as I interact with them. Sure, but still the parent always. But you're, but you're role. never, you're never going to throw down the dad card. No, to I can't ground them anymore. Well, what do you? That's my point. What are you going to say? You're not welcome yeah. at Christmas time. Yeah. Oh yeah. come on. Yeah, they will be. Yeah. You desperately want them there. Yes, no doubt. Uh, so like Cage is an example. My son's 16 now, and he's driving and. You know, I, I so want my son, because everyone that knows me knows that I lean towards the uh, dictatorial, <laughs> insane person. No, uh, but I grew up in a command control environment. Yes. And so those are pressed deep into my spirit, and I have to fight against those tendencies. It's more than buttons on a keyboard, right? <laughs> command control. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with Cage, now that he's he's driving, there have been a couple things where, you know, if he had done a couple things differently, it might have been in a better, you know, result. Yeah. And so I I, I have this tension of, hey, I, I want to lead through influence here and, and persuade him to make the right choice. But when he's not making the right choice, I still have to come in and say, no, son, we're not make doing that. Yeah. We're doing this. Right. Effective immediately. Yeah. Right. Well, that's using my positional authority as father, as parent. But as using, it, using it wisely. I mean, that's part of that, you know, give them just enough rope. They don't hang themselves, but that's how they learn and how they grow in that experience. But you always have, have to be that safety net. And sometimes you have to come in and just use your position. But I think that's so power in position is can be positive. We've right. seen so many negative stories of it being abused. But you're right. There is power in that, and there's power in that understanding of that position, uh, regardless of how that, who that person is. So with just that, for example, as a pastor, right. you know, people look at me differently and respond to me differently than they would respond to you or Correct. somebody else on staff. Uh, I have an example of, to share on exactly yeah, that in just a minute. Probably several. And, and they'll say things to others that they would never say to me. Uh, even Robin, my wife, gets that. You know, they'll say things to her that they really want to say to me, but they don't feel comfortable doing that, hoping that she'll relay the message right. to me. 
which she doesn't do that. And we've, we have an understanding there. But I think that's maybe an appreciation or maybe even a fear of position. I, I think there's some reverence there as well. Yeah. Uh, at least I hope. Yeah. I, I don't think it's fear. Yeah. At least with you. With me, it may be fear. <laughs> but with, with you, it's not. And, uh, you know, the, we were talking about this earlier uh, this week, actually, in our right. one-on-one, yeah. because there is a person that you and I both revere who was a humongous pastor on the East Coast, became a president of a significant seminary, then planted a church yes. in the Frisco area, yeah. and uh, he is a global name. I'm not going to even share his name, yeah. right? But one of the things that he has done that I have seen that is just brilliant is there is no doubt he's in charge. Right. Zero. Yeah. I mean, zero doubt. Yeah. He's the man, yeah. and he's earned the right, really, to be that guy. Yeah. So he could walk around and tell people to do all day long exactly what he wants them to do. Yeah. You do this, you do that, I need you to take care of that, you're going to give me a million dollars to pay for this, and <laughs> I mean, he could do that, and people yeah. would respond. But I've never seen him do it. And the most beautiful things I've seen him do is, I, I've heard this, actually. I've seen it once and then heard it numerous times from his staff. Yeah. That he has this phrase he uses, and he's a soft-spoken guy, and he says, I'm sure you all would agree with me, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And that, that is the, the soft, kind way for him to strike the point yeah. that, hey, what I'm getting ready to say is what I need us to do. Yeah. But he's not being a jerk about it. Right. He's got the, the position of power, but yes. that is definitely influence that he's been able to influence. It's, hadn't really thought about this aspect of it, but why does this person have so much influence? Large in part is because of great success yeah. that he has had in ministry. And so people respect that and want to emulate that. So I think that that influence aspect sometimes comes with success. And, you know, people respond to successful people two ways. Either they revere them and, and want to learn from them, or they become jealous. They reject and <laughs> yeah, rebel. They reject. And, so you, yeah. you do have that issue going on as well, um, but still carrying that same amount of influence. So how if either received positively or negatively, that depends on the person being influenced. We're going to put a couple of article links in the show notes on this episode. Oh, good. One, one that we're going to put on there is a really interesting article about this uh, power versus influence uh, from Indeed, oh. the UK version. Oh. And uh, they, they made a point that actually I'd never, I don't think I've spent time considering, that power is instantaneous and given to someone, yeah. and influence is always developed. Hmm, okay. Which also implies, I think, a speed difference. Yeah. So, as the lead pastor of this church, there are some things that require you to lead with power. And this is what I really want to talk about. When is it okay for you to lead with power? And when is it appropriate as we try to be the best developing leaders we can be with our team? Yeah. We know 90 plus percent of the time we better be leading through influence. Right. But there are times to lead with power. So what are those times? Yeah, I think when there's times, you know, you feel like you're stuck, you're, you're stagnant, not able to move forward, and somebody just has to step in and, and move the ball, move the needle, whatever it is. And so using that power to push things and, and, and drive people. We talk about we want to lead people. That's the long-term effectiveness, but sometimes you do have to push people in using that power. So uh, in that time or time of a crisis, um, when people, again, just don't know what to do or feel stuck or don't know what to do, 
or when it's a difficult situation. Okay, so let's come back. Just I want to I want to be very clear and precise here. So you said it's okay to use your power as a pastor when the church is stuck. Yeah. So give me an example. What would be a stuck issue? What do you mean? Well, I think like in an example of uh, say a church wanting to relocate. Okay. Right. So there's a it's in a dying downtown area, and the pastor knows, hey, there's. There's a place we can move to. It's going to be growth area, whatever. Just a, a need. We need to get out of this area. And you got it. As we talk a lot, you got emotional considerations and all this. This is a history. People were baptized, married, and all that. And so it's it's going to take a while. And hopefully, the, the pastors built up some chips to be trusted in that. But at some point, you're going to, have to say we've we've got to go. Right. Whether everybody, we'd love everyone to go with us, but realizing not everyone will. But and- We've got to move, and that could also be uh, so that that could be you know a big campus change, but it could also just be hey look we, I've looked at the records for the last ten years we haven't grown yeah we've had as many in in you know join the church as if we had leave the church yeah we're stuck yeah. something has to change and we're going to change it now right yeah all right yeah. lead with power man go for it would you agree with me that the bulk of the time that we lead though it should be through influence and not power. Yeah, because, I mean, especially in the church world, we're a family. And so in that consideration, we have family discussions. We talk about town halls in our church, churches call them church conferences, whatever. Though those have gone horribly bad at times, the concept is right. We need to talk about this as a family. Now, the pastor, the lead team already kind of has in mind where the church needs to go. But again, you would love for everyone to be involved and give voice. Like we say, you have equal voice, not equal vote. But right. But it hel- it's helpful for a leader to hear. There may be some things you haven't thought of, and that helps with buy-in, helps with your, you know, you speak to your influencers that have influence beyond yours. Right. Um, and that's, that usually can be a beautiful thing if handled correctly. Well, it is, uh, we, you talked about being stuck, and then we've got crisis, so certainly if there's a major weather event or services get yeah. shut down because yeah. of power outage. I mean, or a worldwide yeah. pandemic. Yes. Pan- yeah, yeah. there's there certainly <laughs> reasons to do it. Perhaps another good little saying or lesson to think about is, uh, there's a guy named David Fletcher, uh, yes. David Fletcher is kind of the godfather of, of executive pastors uh, in the U.S., uh, has a great uh, organization called xpastor.org, leads lots of conferences, intellectual leader, all the, all that kind of stuff. I hadn't been here too long, uh, and I called to just ask him a couple questions, and I've just known him for a while. And David said, or Fletch, I'm sorry, is what he prefers. Love that movie. Yeah, great movie. Mm, <laughs> can we say that, that here? <laughs> Yes, that was a movie, Ronnie. Yes, that was a movie. I, I, yes. I've heard of it. Not that we recommend it, but it's... <laughs> uh, uh, Fletch said to me, he said, Christopher, be careful about using power. Hmm. Every single person at your church knows that you have the power. Yeah. You don't need to tell them or remind them. <laughs> right? Yeah. If you do, you don't have it. Right. Oh, yeah. So do whatever you can to not use that side of the coin at all. Right, yeah. And I just thought that that, that was that was sage advice to me at an important moment. And I, I say that to say, really, the, the bigger picture here. You, you and I have been doing this for a while. We've mm. been podcasting for three or plus years. We've been wow. in the leadership stuff we've been doing for a while. And uh, we've had our bumps and bruises along the way. Yet I still find myself learning nuances of things that I thought were deep in my core 
uh, of, man, I've already learned this. I've already processed this. I've written on it. Yet I'm still learning nuances of these things that are changing my behaviors still as old and gray as I am. Yeah. Well, it's interesting thinking about the, the line that this you mentioned. Surely we can all agree on this. Well, that's subtle power, I think, yeah. uh, but influence, because sometimes people have to be reminded. Now, leading through influence sometimes can take longer. Uh, you build consensus. There's definitely time. You've got to invest yeah. in more in the conversation. But sometimes just helping your people... Uh, we talk about this in a certain uh, related issue recently of we have a pretty good track record here when it comes to this issue. Right. Uh, we, we've built some trust and, uh, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. You're, you're right. We've seen that evidence. Sometimes people forget that. But that's a subtle way to say here's influence and a uh, subtle way to say this is, this is where the power lies. This is the right decision we need to make. So get on board <laughs> without saying get on board. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, this is a good moment, I think. Uh, I want to share with our audience, uh, and of course with you, because you haven't seen this yet either. Uh, It's not often that we get a fan letter, uh, but we actually got one on our Instagram feed. Is this the first one? Uh, Well, it's the second one. The first one wasn't very kind, Uh, but this one's actually pretty nice. So uh, I just want to read it to you and then get your response. I hope this letter finds you well. Sounds like something I would write, but I promise you I didn't. I hope this letter (laughs) finds you well. I wanted to take a moment to express my heartfelt appreciation for the incredible work you do on Crazy Pastors. Your show has become a highlight of my week, and I eagerly anticipate each new episode. I want to commend you for the engaging and thought-provoking content you consistently deliver. Whether you're delving into fascinating topics, interviewing captivating guests, or sharing your unique insights, every episode is a testament to the dedication and passion you bring to your craft. Wow. Pretty good. That is the nicest thing my mom has ever said to me. No, it's actually signed, Tex from Brownwood. Oh, really? So I was wondering, is that, do you know Tex (laughs) from Brownwood at all, by chance? I, I think I might. Yes, I I know. I went to school with a Tex. So did you really? Yeah. Are yeah. There any interesting Who, remembrances of Tex at all? <laughs> oh yeah, there's plenty. Was a, was a roommate of mine. Um, well, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I I know you weren't <laughs> expecting this, this but please, yeah. <laughs> what What are some general thoughts about Tex to share with the audience? Yeah, Tex was crazy. He was uh, he was from Loop, Texas. Yes, his dad raised Longhorns, and he was a true Texan. True, solid Texan. Yeah, just hardcore. Uh, but, <laughs> that's, yeah, great man. He raised, uh, I can't remember if they were bird dogs, or some kind of dogs in the back of his truck. He raised those while he, at school. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Did you just say he raised them in the back in of the his back truck? In the back of his pickup truck, yeah, in the truck bed. So they lived in his they pickup while he his, was living in the while dorm. While he was living in the dorm. He would keep Come them on. With, I'm, I'm totally serious. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was a, a diabetic, I remember. Oh, okay. And there were times he would not take his insulin, and I would have to run down to the, we lived on the seventh floor, had to run down to the lobby, get a candy bar, bring it back up, and cram it down his throat so he'd get some sugar to wake him up uh, out of his diabetic coma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you often have to take care of his dogs, too? Uh, no, I didn't have to take care of his dog. I had to take care of him, though, uh, a few times. So, yeah. And well, one other time he had a fire hose sticking out of our seven-story window. He was about to douse an older lady that got mad because they threw toilet paper on her car. So, yeah. 
Hey, Tex, good to see you, man. Good to hey. hear from you. Yeah, Tex, thank you so much for uh, for that that letter. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, hey, as we come to a close on this episode, yeah. <laughs> um, a, a couple a couple of thoughts. We're, we're talking about we're talking about power versus influence, and I, I hope we've clearly said most of the time you need to be using your influence that you have developed versus your power. Yeah, there are there are special moments of crisis. Uh, you could call them ex cathedra mm, uh, if wow. you were a Catholic. Uh, there just there are some moments then a leader needs to speak and take charge and use that power. But please, please, please. Yeah. That cannot be the number one tool in your tool belt. Yeah. That has to be break the glass for emergencies only. Yes. Right? And even when you have the power, even when you have the authority, when you even when you have influence, if you are trying to lead your people and they are bucking you, mm. then a wise leader pauses yes. and reevaluates and rethinks things through right. Yes. You and I just went through a recent issue where we felt that we knew exactly what needed to be done. Matter of fact, I would even say I didn't feel that way. I know (laughs) that if we had gone in the direction that you and I wanted to go down, that would have been better for our church. Yeah. But, and getting a multitude of counsel and listening to critique from others within our own uh, leadership structure. Yeah. Uh, we could not get those people over the finish line to be on our side. Right. And I mean this with humility and sincerity. You and I made a choice to abandon our idea, even though we knew that it was a good idea. Yeah. Because the flock is more important than our ideas. (laughs) And I hope we all share that attitude about the people that we lead. Yeah. That we... Uh, the Bolsinger quote, right? Yeah. L- leadership is changing things at a rate your people can absorb. Yes. And we were going to make a change that was not going to be absorbed well. Yeah. And so uh-huh. we ate our pride and yes, said, very much. we're not going to do this. Right. Now, I do have a pet peeve I do want to share if we have. Do we have time? <laughs> do we have time? I, I have a pet peeve. I just want to share this. Oh, it's winding down. You it drives me seconds. crazy when my son or... Uh, my children at all. Okay, call them out. They are out in the public, and they hear something from somebody else, and they come home, and they say, you would not believe this incredible wisdom that I just heard. <laughs> Jimmy down the street told me, blah, 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 blah. And that is the exact thing that I've been teaching them for the last 10 years, <laughs> right? All parents yeah. have that testimony. Yeah, get used to it. Yeah. Right? Well, we had a meeting here at the church where I'm trying to lead people in a direction that we all need to go. Yeah. And uh, it's been clearly defined. I mean, this is a no-brainer slam dunk. The decision's already been made, but there's some resistance. Yeah. And then here walks in Ronnie Marriott, <laughs> the pastor of our church. He walks this. in and he says, hey, guys, what are you meeting about? What are you talking about? And we explain and we say what we're talking about. And Ronnie just says this. He says... Oh, I'm glad you're talking about that. I'm glad we made that decision a long time ago. All right, guys, have a have a great <laughs> afternoon. Meeting over like that, and and I, I, I no share idea. that story yeah. uh, because at lunch today I was actually talking about this with some of our staff. We want our staff and our team to enter the danger, yes, and to deal with conflict on their own in a safe and controlled environment, right. 
But you and I both want to use our positional authority and power to protect them from getting their teeth kicked in. (laughs) very much In these danger-filled tension moments. Right. And so I was just trying to explain, I needed to use your positional authority. Even though I'm executive pastor, (laughs) I still needed you to walk in and stop all of that, right? Yeah. And as I'm talking with the, the, the department heads at lunch today, was just sharing, hey, there, when you reach a point in conflict where you know, man, this is going to be really, really tough, mm-hmm. do not do that by yourself. Bring Ronnie or me in because oh, yeah. it changes the entire attitude. Sure, People do not get in your grill offensive typically to you and I. Right. Yeah. But they will to others. Yeah. So leaders out there, as you're leading your flock, leading your community, <laughs> leading your company, be mindful of the influence that you have. Use your power very precisely and yeah. carefully because one thing I do know for sure, it is never okay to be a jerk. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you all so yeah. much for listening. Uh, please do check out the show notes, check out the articles. Uh, if you could, please share and uh, come back again. Thank you. Gold, Christopher, gold.